Just leave me in angst. Just leave me here. <laughs> this is where I want to die. <laughs> Just smother me with angst. <laughs>to another episode of romance and the monsters i'm m i'm s i'm saf this week we are talking about a very special book slow heat by (laughs) letta blake and this book is special because it's actually in part the reason why we started a podcast in the first place yes Yes. (laughs) um it is it's it's a it's it's um, a ride it's yes yeah (laughs) for sure definitely a ride i hope you're ready if you read it i hope you're not scarred for life i hope you discovered (laughs) a genre of romance that you didn't know existed and um let me tell you it's a lot of fun yeah (laughs) mpreg is a lot of fun it's not not fun if you catch my meaning puns there are probably going to be a lot of not and nodding jokes in this uh, episode. So oh, for sure. For sure. Let, let all the puns out. <laughs> Seth, what is this book about? <laughs> if, if you can pull this one off. Do tell us, please. <laughs> so just picture the future. All the women have died. I think they died of like a disease or just something. Mm-hmm. All the women are gone. There's only men left on this earth. And they had to find a way to gen- genetically alter men so that they could bear children and continue this human race, you know, if you uh, catch my meaning. So they have a uterus. <laughs> men have a uterus in this uh, universe. <laughs> they have a uterus. Yes, they do. A womb. Everything that a woman yeah. needs to have a child, obviously minus the vagina. But I mean, <laughs> I'm butchering this synopsis because I really can't. Okay, essentially, let's start with, maybe let's start with what MPREG is and means, and then maybe try to explain what the story is. Yeah. Sure. Does that make sense? Okay, so MPREG comes from, is it a part of Omegaverse? I don't think it's the entirety of Omegaverse because there's um, MF in Omegaverse, I believe. Um, And so MPREG is sort of like, um, a subgenre of that, um, which means you have alphas, betas, and omegas mm-hmm. um, in this world because everyone's a man. Um, you have omegas, betas, alphas. Betas are essentially um, infertile. Yeah. Um, so this, the government in this um, story in this world is extremely strict. It's like the government is in, like under the sheets with you. Um, they. There's rules for everything. Betas are forbidden from having any types of relationships with other people. So, like, they can't have relationships with omegas or alphas just with, between uh, betas. Omegas yeah. can't have relationship relationships between them. Alphas can't have relationships, especially sexual relationships, between with another alpha because that's like seen as like taboo illegal because you can't procreate like the whole point of this world this government is really pushing for 
uh, procreation and like um, essentially birth control or any type of um, contraception is essentially forbidden. Like it's completely um, against the law. So in this story, you have Val and Jason. Jason is a 18 year old um, guy. He's in college. Um, he's learning. He's he's an alpha, and, and he's learning about um, omegas. Essentially, like he's he's learning how to take care of an omega, especially during a heat, because in Omega Verse, there's what we call a heat, and there's what we call nodding, <laughs> and it's all fun and games and it's you know it's it's how it works um anyways and val is actually way older um he's like in his 30 i think he was 35 35. or 36 35 so he's considered pretty old for an omega and so in this case if you didn't guess that already uh it's older omega with younger alpha Mm -hmm. which didn't think i would love Turns out I love it. Same. Um, I didn't think I'd like it either. And Val um, was deeply emotionally and physically scarred by, um, during one of his, his heats, he didn't have a partner. Is that what it, what it was? He didn't have a partner. And so he ended up in a bar. Oh, he took a pill to like. To suppress his heat. Yeah. Basically. Yes. Um, Yes, so he tried to delay his heat. Yeah, and it also made him, like, insatiable. Like, he needed, a, like, exactly, a lot because, of knots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how it expl- it's explained in the book is that essentially, kind of like, when, as a girl, when you, or as a woman, I guess, when you uh, delay your period, it always comes back with a vengeance the next time yeah. because, I don't know, I guess it's your body just saying, like, bitch, I needed this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So he did that. He delayed his heat. So then the heat was even worse the next time. And that's why he ended up in a bar. And he was, again, deeply um, scarred by a bunch of alphas who really mistreated him and just, like, used him. Yeah, it was more or less like a gang rape, which I feel like... Exactly. I mean, yes, it it was kind of exactly that. Like, he he wasn't physically or mentally capable of saying no. Yeah, and I... Yeah. Well, I just think was pretty... It was horrifying. Um, so how they meet is Val is this professor. I'm sorry, I'm literally taking up your job. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, okay. But do, do you want to go from there? Sure. How do they meet? Um, okay, so Jason and his friend Zan are pretty much, you know, young, horny alphas. You know, they want their Omega so badly. Um, anyways, so they're just walking the halls and, um, Jason, so there's something called a aeroscape, is that mm-hmm. what it's called? But, um, it's when it's like the ultimate pair, like you're compatible, like in everything. Um, so Jason, the Omega, scents and feels his mate, his aeroscape. It's a soulmate, or It's a soulmate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that literally sends him into like a horny mess. He literally attacks Val, who pretty much, like, has written off ever finding his alpha because, you know, he's 35, probably can't carry children. And he's in a relationship with, yes. um, you know, an older alpha as well who has lost his own mate, so it yeah. kind of works perfectly for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyways, it's just, the story starts there, more or less. Like, I don't even know, like, <laughs> how do we touch upon it this? Sounds, it sounds, I know that it sounds absolutely wild and crazy and, like, it would just be a book of sex. 
I but get it. But it wasn't. However, it is not. No. It's absolutely not. The concept of it is absolutely wild, but it is one of the most emotional, yes, angsty, angsty books, books I have ever read, especially one of the most well-written romance novels. Mm-hmm. Hands down, read. I agree. Agreed. Yeah. It I agree. is the way Letta Blake created these characters, crafted them, the the depths of 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 them, and and just how it's written. It's just so great. Like you feel every single emotion that they have, and I swear to God, it's really it really is. An emotional book. Really, yeah. Is there like a lot of horniness in this book? Yes, yes there is. Yes, there is. <laughs> but, but <laughs> it's just, I just, I, no, I, I feel like it's, I think Letta Blake did such a good job of balancing the horny with the emotion. Like, she honestly yeah. did a good job where, like, you, yeah, sure, you wanted them to, you know, finally go through like a heat, but you also wanted to see them reach that ultimate emotional level. Of them realizing, oh, wait, I love this person. Like, I just felt like their journey to love and to sex, like, it was just amazing. And obviously, they go hand in hand. But, like, I just loved the relationship of Jason and Val. And I didn't think I was, as, like, Marge said, sorry, um, uh, that it was, you know, he was an older Omega and Jason was the younger Alpha, which I thought was an interesting power balance I would say like I thought it was very interesting and I thought it would have been a bigger issue but in the story itself while society I mean, it is yeah society it is itself, a big issue in the story no I meant like it, like between each other like the whole idea of like oh I can't be I mean it was but it, like after they got over that hurdle it wasn't really that big of an issue but I meant like in terms of like mentally being able to handle each other I felt like I thought they wouldn't be able to but then they actually were able to handle their emotional scars I mean, this this book actually does a lot of work as far as discussing things that you're, you don't necessarily see in romance, period. Mm-hmm. Um, like, subjects like um, abortion, subjects yeah. like contraception, subjects about, like, governments and laws, and especially laws that are trying to control... Omegas, which obviously is kind of all a metaphor for how Um, women are treated and how women are constantly, you know, being like told you can't do this, you must do that, your body doesn't belong to you, you can't decide if you want an abortion or not, Mm -hmm. you know, you get my point. Um, And you kind of touched upon this, but another subject, which is in relation to abortion and stuff, is... The, this issue of, of age between Val and Jason because um, obviously Jason is very young and yeah. so he has his old life in front of him. Like, he's never been traumatized the way that Val has and, and so um, there's this whole question for Val of, well, I've, you know, I've lived through stuff that have made me not want kids yeah probably can't have kids either you know because that's another question in the book is being infertile or um you know because he's so scarred at this point yeah that he probably can't have kids but even if um the men aren't scarred or weren't you know brutally attacked the way Val was um, it's still hard for them to have children and carry them and survive because of the, yeah. you know, if they reach a certain age, their body their can't body handle Their body wasn't the... made for this. Exactly. They weren't made for it. And 
obviously they were gen- genetically altered to carry babies. So I obviously I could imagine that being a certain age would make that harder for them to have the children that they want and that they need. Especially with the um, Jason's parents, how they mm-hmm. got older and like what they go through as well. Yeah, it's every every single character I feel in this book um, opens a conversation about something. Yes, and I felt like this book, like every situation had a purpose in the sense of like furthering the story, but also like enlightening the readers about this complex world that Letta Blake created. So essentially Val just, he's, his, his issue with Jason is that Jason is so young that he's, afraid that by being with him by by Jason being with him um he he would rob him of an opportunity for kids and like a happy life yeah and yeah that, you know that was a big issue <laughs> yeah well I mean it's like probably the biggest issue in the book but yeah um anyway we obviously have read this book before <laughs> this was not a first for anyone um so I don't know like should we still should we still do like a review or I think we could say if we liked it or not which I I was we obviously yeah Yeah. (laughs) but I will say that I'm not someone that usually reads um MM or even you know the Omega verse or even you know M Preg it's not something that I usually read and I only picked it up because M really like was vouching for this book and saying how yeah. amazing it was and how it'll make me feel everything because I did want an angst to read when I asked for a recommendation. And this fulfilled my need for angst a hundred percent. It was just it was full of angst and I just was sh- like shocked and pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed this book as much as I did because as I said, MM is not something that I usually go for. Not because like I don't like it, it's just I never really found a book that piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I haven't really as- explored that side of, like, romance fiction yet. But, yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed this book. Yeah, I I found this book out of nowhere, I feel like. <laughs> I can't remember how I found it. All I know is that it wasn't my first Empreg book, actually. But really? Oh, it wasn't. I thought it was. I it was. Well, yeah. No, it, it wasn't. Because the first one I read was very much what you would expect just thinking about Empire. Like, it was just, you know, a sex fest. Oh. Which, you know, it's fine. But it's not what I'm looking for in my fiction. Sorry. I mean, sometimes um, you need a good smut. Yeah. So then I, st- I found this book, and I started it, and I was like, within 10 pages, I was like, okay, we are somewhere else here. <laughs> oh, can we talk about the beginning? Well, wait, wait. Okay, okay. So, okay. I mean, yes, wait. <laughs> but I just... I, I, like you said, you were pleasantly surprised, and I feel like that's kind of just is how everyone kind of goes into this book expecting one thing and then yeah. kind of being like, wow, that was actually really good. Like, yeah. that was no actually really deep. I agree. Yeah. I remember looking at the cover, and I was like, Marge, you're just giving me some good smut, which I am not opposed to. But then I picked it up and opened it up, and sure, yes, the beginning was smutty. But then as you continue on, you're like, whoa, what a story. And what about U.S.? We'll, we'll jump into the, the first scene <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> uh, well, like Seth, like, I really enjoyed it. I felt like I enjoyed it a little bit more this time around. Oh, really? Yeah, I really did. And um, there were some parts where I didn't remember. Like, I remember it in parts, but I didn't remember, like, you know, the order or how things went down. And then some mm-hmm. things I didn't remember. So I found myself like really invested reading it again. 
and like Anne was the one that recommended this book and I remember starting it and I was be I was very scandalized because of the beginning what? we'll get into it yeah <laughs> because I was like what the hell am I reading like what is this like I've read M.M. Yeah. I've read um and I think it's because of the fact that uh, they're able to get pregnant and then just the way that they explain everything and how they go about it and how they're taught how the alphas mm-hmm. are taught about omegas and like all that like it was very different and i felt very scandalized it was was very interesting because they started like the book literally started off with the omega not omega sorry alphas watching literally porn yeah Yeah, on tv to learn how to take care of an omega yeah yeah and they're all horny in class yeah Yeah. they're all all horny then that turns into us discovering that um, Xan and Jason, who are both alphas, have a relationship, a sexual relationship together because, and this is another interesting thing that, you know, this book is talking about, which is that Xan, who is born alpha, actually has always wanted to be an omega. Yeah. And so his relationship with Jason is that essentially Jason practices, if you will, on him and that way Xan gets to live his own fantasy. So I have a question about real quick, let me interrupt. Um, do they ever touch upon how when they're born, like how do they know what they are? Yeah, it, it's like I think it's um in terms of their sizing. But but like how is it that that Xan is an alpha but he has, you know, strong tendencies of being an omega like how do they go about that like because growing? he he physically was born alpha he has the, the alpha cock <laughs> <laughs> and like he he does he does have the urges but he he doesn't like it's he's never had that fantasy his fantasy is being dominated by yeah. an alpha i think um no i think i remember them saying that um at a certain age, they, like, present. Like, you just know mm-hmm. at a certain age what they are. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, yeah, they're down their size. I think but they also... literally measure them. They measure their penises yeah. at some point. I feel like they mentioned that. And that's oh, in the beginning, when Zan and Jason were, you know, going at it at the role-playing, like, Jason literally measures their, their penises as they're, like, you know, mm-hmm. beside mm-hmm. each other. <laughs> so Zan has everything he needs to be an alpha but when he does get a mate he has no desire to be an alpha to his omega yeah yeah so and you know that's an issue that's explored in another book yeah (laughs) in the series (laughs) um but we're here to talk about jason and val um so yeah moving on from this opening of the book which is i will say very shocking but like in a great way. Yeah, because I felt like Jason found Val pretty early in the book. Obviously, it's their story. But, like, his business was Zan, and the relationship wasn't really over. And, like, it's just Jason became all about Val. And, like, it kind of, like, Zan just kind of was, like, pushed to the side, which obviously was heartbreaking because you knew that he was going through a lot of stuff, and he needed his best friend. And also, like, he thought that, you know, Jason was going to be it for him for at least another few years until they were out of school. And it's just, it was heartbreaking to see his reaction to Jason bonding with Val. And it was heartbreaking, too, to see Jason being so head over heels about, like, having found his mate and then his mate being, I don't want to say cold, but, like, 
not super responsive, yeah. you know? Like, Val doesn't want him. No. And so, Jason is put on, what do they call them? Like, Alpha... Alpha Quail? Alpha Quail. So that, you know, Jason can use his own brain, because when you find your mate, you just have one thing on the brain. Um, yeah. Got another it's... head thinking for you. <laughs> but, I mean, that was also super heartbreaking, because you see Jason's, like, longing for Val and Val being like no but then you also understand why Val is saying no because yeah. it's so well written that you completely understand where both of them are coming exactly. from you know yeah. and I thought like Letta Blake did a good job of showing that yeah Jason yearns for Val but at that point it's just he yearns for his Omega not for Val himself but like as the story progresses you realize oh wait he also wants Val and, like, it's because he realized, like, obviously, Val's more than just an Omega. He's an amazing person with his mm-hmm. own thoughts and beliefs. And, yeah. Anyways, I just love their love story, okay? <laughs> it's it, There's a lot in this book about, like, Omega rights. You know, fighting for Omega rights and understanding that, like, Omegas are equals to Alphas. Yeah, because there is that whole pow- power imbalance between the Alphas yeah. and Omegas. Like, it's always there. It's been there, you know. Omegas can't control their sexual urges when the heat's happening, which we already know with Val. And it's just like that, I guess, in some eyes, that looks like they're lesser beings than alphas. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, as you said, in the book, it does deal with a lot of like omega rights and a lot of omega right movements and things like that. So I thought this book was so well written in the sense of ownership of like yourself. I thought this book did a good job of that. It's very relatable, too. Yeah. And, And even like world building wise. This yeah. book does a lot of world building, building, and it does it really well. Where it's not oh. an info dump, and you still exactly. feel like you know a lot about this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but there's still room to explore some more with, like, you know, via other characters. No, I was gonna just bring it back to the beginning of the book with the whole sex education class with the alpha, yeah, alphas. Like, it was a smart way of like introducing readers to the world and like giving readers information and it wasn't an info dump it was actually a scene that we're experiencing for the first time but we're also getting information about the alphas omegas and all of that and i thought it was such a smart way for her to introduce the world instead of just dumping information on us you're just such at odds with our world where like a lot of schools are trying to ban um sex ed like, period and then this i is know like, the complete opposite where it's like here's porn kids learn how to do it (laughs) um but anyway so jason and val essentially start a courtship if you will yes um where young jason tries to woo um Uh. mr val (laughs) and there's this scene which i just adore and it's the one scene i think or at least one of the, the scenes in this book that comes to me like I remember the most is I know what scene you're gonna yeah I know what scene the first time they meet after the when they first meet in the school the first time they meet afterwards um yeah and Jason can't approach Val because like his alpha urges or whatever and Val is like in his home and Jason just <laughs> is it the window scene him through, through the, the window, window. Yeah, I love, I love the window scene is actually marked as like one of my favorites yeah. it was just the sweetest Same. most softest scene yeah very Romeo and Juliet-esque 
with the window. Jason, Jason is just like, what's your favorite color? Oh, he's so pure. <laughs> and Val is like, he is such a baby. What am I going to do with him? But at the same time, he's like, he's adorable. Yeah. And Jason is just trying so hard to, you know, find out more about his mate and like, you know, get started on a relationship of sorts. And like, yeah. he's there against... um you know, his parents, because his parents yeah. were forbidden from yeah. seeing Val, but... But I even think that scene brings back, like, an innocence to Val as well, because that's obviously not a question, yeah. like, he's probably obviously used to hearing at his age, like, on a date, <laughs> but, like, I just thought it was so sweet, and, like, he actually went searching for the blue that he liked the best, and he went to find it, and, like, it was just such a touching moment between them. Yeah, because, in part, Jason's youthfulness that he brings to this relationship is what heals or you know helps Val heal because Mm -hmm. you know he's bringing back a lot of fun and a lot of just innocence to his life as someone who's been so jaded because of what happened to him exactly yeah Yeah. so yeah that's that's one of my personal favorite scenes can we also talk about I think in that scene we also get introduced to um what Val you know does like, what's his uh, profession? Uh, do you mean his poems? Yeah, he writes some, like, I think that's later like, on in the book, but, yeah. Poems. No, it was, yeah, it was when, I think it was right after that scene when he gets home, and um, Jason is talking to his parents, and they tell him, uh, yeah, he writes poems, but uh, you can't read them, because they're all about, you know, sexual Sex. situations. Yeah. <laughs> about his heaps? Yeah, his yeah. Heaps. But then Val is like, okay, I'll send you the less R-rated ones. But then <laughs> when Jason is reading them, he's like, this is still about sex, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and Val's like, yeah. So, okay. But that that means that, that, that leads us into another favorite scene, which is a very hot scene in the book. And it's oh, the is it when they scene. do the phone sex? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because yeah. is Jason like doing his homework or whatever, and then like yes, or yeah. he calls Val. No, Val calls. Val calls him, and they start chatting, and then that's when the, like you know the poems come up, and that's where Jason is like, these are about sex, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I just love it, and then obviously horny stuff happens. Like they start touching. No, do they start? Is Jason rubbing one? They both are. Yeah, yeah. They, they both, both are? I, yeah. I don't remember. if. Okay. No, they well, both are. You know. <laughs> and then, like, that's when, like, Jason's like, wait, what are you doing? And then Val and him start, <laughs> you know. And then Jason, you, that's when you find out Jason has a, no, not when we find out, but when Val finds out that Jason has a pretty uh, dirty mouth. And, like, Val was not prepared. He was like, wait, what? This is my alpha? Mm-hmm. It was pretty. It was pretty steamy. Maybe there's a chance for us after all, yeah. <laughs> because you know Val is like with this uber alpha man. Yeah. Like, hero. Hero. How do you Euro. pronounce? I say uh, euro. 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 I say euro. 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 I think we'll say euro. Euro. <laughs> Who is an interesting character. He's he's someone you don't like at first in this mm-hmm. book. But then you start seeing also where he comes from. And how he's helping the situation. And what he's done for 
both Val and then later on uh, Jason's uh, pat patter patter <laughs> his patter <laughs> yeah. So they like you have a father and you have a patter and then the patter is like essentially the the omega, the omega. in the relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So what do you think of Hero? I felt like for me when I first read this book, I didn't like him. Like there was no there was no interest. Even at the end. A little bit, but no. But this second time around, like, like I'm actually looking forward to reading his trying to read his book his again. Book. Yeah. yeah. I liked yeah. a book too. Um, so what had happened was I picked up Slow Heat, but then I think out chapter two in, I decided to read the synopsis of book two. And mm-hmm. then I realized, oh, wait, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. Uro. Mm-hmm. Euro? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How were you to say his name? It was his Euro. book. Euro. 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 Let's just say Euro. 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 Okay. Yeah. It was Euro's book with Zan. And I was just so intrigued. So, like, I think I kept like a a keener eye on him because I kind of wanted to know how he could possibly be the lead in that in the I mean, second book. Y'all get this. I just think Letta Blake is like a genius. She's like, I have this young guy who's an alpha but has omega tendencies and wishes he could be an omega. And then I have this you know, older, hot, uber alpha male who is not in a relationship right now. Who was a little bit snobby because he like, also has a little bit of a hero complex. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. likes saving people and, and knowing that he's he's the one who did it. True. Um, and then she was like, "How about I put these two together?" And I was like, "Your mind." <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm telling you from now. Yeah, the, book two was pretty good. Like it was mm-hmm. their romance. It, like, it was different, obviously, in the sense it's two alphas versus, an, like, alpha and omega. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, their story was so good and so well-written and just so touching. Yeah, read book two. Yeah, which I guess would count as, like, a polyamorous relationship, except that the the omega in that book is not... He's asexual, essentially. He's not... He's yeah. Literally, like, he's not attracted to, like any of them but he's in a relationship in the sense that like he's sort of but it's only a name yeah yeah no it's it's definitely it's i i wouldn't say like it's i was gonna say (laughs) m-o-m what (laughs) mom a a a o a alpha omega alpha (laughs) so wait so wait so wait so wait so question wait did you finish did you finish the second book, March, or no? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah. Because of the threesome. The three. Anyways, okay, we're getting no, off topic. Be, no, it wasn't because of that. Because I was, I was fully prepared to just skip over it. Because if you don't know this about me, no. I am not one for threesomes. I don't. I'm them telling you though. Uh, but March. no, it wasn't. It, I know, but it's not the reason why I stopped reading. It's just because I got busy and I had to read oh, like an arc okay, or whatever. Fine. So I. Just but I'm, I'm still saying it. I think the heat scene was like you know the threesome wasn't bad mm-hmm. and like. I, I, I dug it a yeah, lot. Yeah, and I've, I've heard some stuff about it that I was like, oh, okay. I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued about that. <laughs> um, but what I've read of, of it was like, the beginning is like really heartbreaking. Like you think, you, yeah. you, you, you sympathize, I guess, with Zan in this book, but wait till you get to his book and find out the extent of what oh, this poor boy has gone through heartbreaking mm-hmm. 
Anyway, we're not here to talk about Sam and Hero. But they were they were a big part in this this story, Slow Heat. Mm-hmm. One being like best friends and also sexual partners of, you mm-hmm. know, Val and Jason. But they also like were well at least Euro was a driving force in making Jason understand Val and on deeper level. Mm, um and I right. thought that was really important because at first I was like, wait, Euro's gonna be that type of guy that tries to sabotage a relationship, isn't he? But after yeah. you know, he realizes I had you know, an Aeroscape relationship, you know, or mm. I, I don't know what it's called. He had his soulmate and he mm-hmm. lost his soulmate pretty young. I I forgot how old they were when they lost each other. Well, when his Omega died, but like was it when he was giving birth? Yeah, I, I believe so. And then his baby was stillborn. That's so yeah. heartbreaking. Ugh. I know everything's For heartbreaking. Some, yeah. I, I swear to God, this book touches upon all the like subjects that could be sad. Yeah, <laughs> it exactly. really does. Um. But, I mean, yeah, Euro was, I mean, for a part of the book, he was, though, the character that you think, he's definitely trying to sabotage, yeah. like, yeah. Jason and Bowser. But he means well. One, he means well. Yeah, yeah, no, in the end, he's fine. But there was one scene which I, probably for me, was one of the angstiest scenes in the book. Um, and it's when they have dinner at Val's, and Hero is there, the beta friend whose name I can't remember is Rosen there. and Yusuf. With his husband. Um, and then yeah. Jason is there, too. And they're all talking amongst themselves, and Jason is just sitting there quiet yeah. because he yeah. feels so young, and he doesn't understand what they're talking about, or he doesn't know how to, you know, talk to or whatever, like find his place in this, like, little group of friends that's so tightly knit together. And... It's just so heartbreaking because it's from his POV and he's just, yeah. you're just like, baby, I just want to hug you. Like, you deserve a place here. Yeah. Because, like, that's a scene where Jason is like, well, maybe, maybe I, like, don't have a place here. Maybe I shouldn't be here. And Hero is making it worse. Hero is like, in that scene, Hero is like, you see, you don't belong here. And I was like, bitch. (laughs) beat you (laughs) but no but wait one second that's when Euro was like yo I don't like agree with I forgot what it was he was talking about but I think it it dealt with like um inter whatever when your heat is just you know too much like you're what is it called it's not nymphomania there was something else you know when like I know what you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. okay but I need everyone else to know what I'm talking about (laughs) what is it called Yes, nymphomania, interminable heat. There you go. Anyways, he was talking about, um, he was talking about that, and then Jason, like, just corrected him right off the bat, and he's like, nah, it's the new term now, interminable heat, or interminable heat? Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, or Euro just looks at him, and then Val just looks at him as well, and is like, whoa, I'm impressed, because, like, he kind of, like, you know, while he was feeling... Out of the inner circle, he still voiced his own opinions and, like, in that sense, won Val over in that situation. Yes, but it was still very angsty. <laughs> yeah, no, are you kidding? That scene was angsty AF. <laughs> he got jealous, too. Yeah. Like, I, I, I felt that scene. Yeah. Like, obviously, we've all been in a situation where you're with people that you just don't really connect with oh yeah or you don't know how to connect with them and you're just sitting there and you feel so excluded yeah like oh i just i felt the way she wrote that scene no i agree 
Ah, oh, so relatable. I was trying to find you a silver lining though, Marge, so you didn't feel so heartbroken. <sighs> I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Just leave me in angst. Just leave me here. <laughs> this is where I want to die. <laughs> Just smother me with angst. But can I also just say that I love how Val was like, yeah, I can't cook for shit. No, everyone yeah. else was like, Val can't cook for shit, so I don't expect anything from him. But then Val's like, no, I can do something. Like, I can do something. And, like, his his place is also, like, a pigsty. His fridge is empty. And, yeah, <laughs> it was just, it was so funny. I was dying. I was like, Val, sometimes can, me. Can we talk about how Jason goes over and fixes up his garden? Ugh, he cleans them. Yes. I love that. That is yes. so cute. That, that's, that makes for a lot of lusty scenes. Yeah. Where it's like, can't have it yet, but yeah. like thinking about it a lot. <laughs> when he jumps through the window? <laughs> Val is just constantly dripping all over the place. All right. <laughs> right? I'm like, whoa, this slick. Um, Omegas have a uh, way of um you know getting ready for an alpha easing the way in if you catch my drift essentially i mean it's they yeah. get wet all right and it's called slick <laughs> but it's like dripping all over the place in this book and you know we'd love to see it <laughs> quite honestly <laughs> we really do and I love that Jason can, like, smell it. And then it just sends yes. him into, like, overdrive. Despite him using alpha suppressants, he's like, oh, my god!" Jason is just constantly hard. Val is just constantly dripping all over the place. And then in the midst of that, they, they just are just having, like, the most angsty encounters. And it's, what yeah. else can you want, truly? You know, like, when I started this book, I really did not expect the sex to come in as late as it did. As it did. Like, it, it, it really is at the end of the book. The 90% mark. 95% mark, I think it was. Like, can you yeah. imagine? Like, Are you? No. They have yeah. sex. They, no, they don't. Their first time is the heat. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yes. No, it wasn't. The first, the, Seth, the first time they have sex is during his heat. Yeah. Period. Full stop. The end. Don't, don't debate on this. <laughs> okay. It was when he was starting to go into his heat, but it was at his place when Jason went over it and was talking about like how, oh my gosh, my patter is pregnant. And then it kind of starts like Jason, um, sorry, Val's heat was like kind of starting, but not really, but like they had sex. No, they may be fooled around, but I swear to God, their first I time is during his I read it. I am telling you, I read that book recently, and S, they had sex. S. S, can you fact check, of please? The truth. What is it? I He's think right. they just mess around. I, From what I remember, it's just... I remember Jason pulling Val onto him. He's sitting, and he's like, it's your choice. Or not pulling him, like, Val walked up, and he was like, Jason's like, it's your choice. I'm sitting... You decide if you want to sit okay, on, hold on, hold on or sit somewhere else. And Val sat on his... This book is so hot. Dick. I just... And they did it. Yeah, you know what? I think they did. Because <laughs> they're sitting they're sitting on the wingback chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who was right? It says... It says... Okay, I'm going to read How a little... How did I not remember this? I swear to God, I thought their first time was his heat. His... I'm going to read a little. Read it to me, yes? <laughs> his heart. <laughs> Stop! Try to read it with a straight face. 
It says his cock throbbed against Val's prostate and omega glands, sending another anal orgasm crashing through him. Harsh waves of bliss racked him. He convulsed through it, weak as a kitten in its aftermath. They panted together in the chair with Jason's cock deep inside him. So, unless Jason's dick is inside Val's fist, I mean... <laughs> it is somewhere right. deep well, inside. Speaking of fists... <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> speaking of fists... <laughs> I will say... I yes. was really mad that we didn't get a scene of fisting, you know? I mean, we did, though. I mean, did we... They, they talk talked about, about it. it. That Jason was like, okay, like, you know, I can't satisfy you all the way. I get tired. How about we try my fist? And then Val was like, oh, okay. And then that's but, it. Yes, but also um, they learn that by fisting, um, that's a great way to help uh, stretch Val's uterus. Scar tissue. To make it better. To, to stretch yeah. the scars. I will um, say, yeah. did you read their novella, any of you? No, no, because I didn't want to get spoiled about book two. Uh, there, there, are, there is some fisting in that one, so if you oh. are, were worried you didn't get any in this one, you get it in the novella. <laughs> These books are great, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, another heartbreaking thing in this book, because the book is just full of them, this book is, is just that, one um, full heartbreak. Yeah, agreed. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> is that it just literally breaks your heart in pieces, and then at the very end, it puts it puts it back together, in like a lot a nice little bow. Um, is that Jason's patter gets pregnant, but that's extremely dangerous for them because he could die. Because mm-hmm. um, one, they're pretty old, mm-hmm. like they're older than childbearing age usually, but. The government also doesn't really restrict pregnancies like they do, but the the quality of condoms that they give them is pretty awful. And, like, also, mm-hmm. his patter is allergic to them. S- such interesting details that are just sprinkled all over this plot, the, the plot of this book. Like, yeah. who would have thought, oh, yeah, I'll make the patter allergic to this contraception. Like, yes, Letta Blake, thank you. This is just amazing. Because some people really are. Some people really are. Have you ever seen that in a romance novel before? No, not at all. Oh, sorry, I'm allergic to condoms. No. <laughs> so great. But, like, I just think it's, like, awful in that, like, sense where the government won't stop the pregnancies mm. despite no, all, yeah. like, their omegas, not all, but, like, a lot of their omegas passing away from childbearing and also, like, giving birth yeah. because it's such a difficult situation to be in. And, like, they just... The government just disregards Omega as like they're Even nothing. if it's a life or death situation, the government is still would rather still Omegas get pregnant than yeah. save them. Exactly, and, and for pa- for Jason's patter, it's a ca- it's a case of life or, yeah. or death. He yeah. can't have kids. He's I I believe that the Jason's pregnancy, like the pregnancy with Jason, was really hard on him mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, that Val. Um, uh, no, uh, Jason's patter. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Jason, yeah, um, it was pretty hard. And also, birth control is illegal, and I think yeah. that's insane. But yeah, birth control is illegal, and even um, the, what is it, morning after pill is mm-hmm. pretty much illegal, so. It just feels so yeah. current, you know what I mean? Like, you can't exactly. read this book and not think of what's going on in our, you know, in our current world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, like, some of the laws that people are trying to pass and how it affects... Usually only yeah. one 
you know, portion of the population and like how it's just, it's, you can't see the issues in this book and not think yeah. of how women are treated. Yeah. You know? Um, Agreed. But anyway, so Minor gets pregnant and chooses to keep the baby. Despite the fact that Jason is horrified because he knows that that means his batter is probably going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and the father is just like, whatever. The father is a little bit old, old school, I guess. Yeah. Like, he's a bit more conservative. Uh, which again, interesting, you know, interesting because the powder is like really liberal and like we have rights, you know, and the father is a little bit more conservative. So I don't know. Um, and then does he start, how do we get from I'm keeping the baby to need to have an abortion? At the end of the book, um, he just started miscarrying. His powder just started miscarrying. Mm-hmm. And then the the baby, for some reason, it punctured his colon. And the baby was also oh stuck. My God. And so he was bleeding out. And it was, like, brutal, like, reading about it. It was so graphic and so hard to read and heartbreaking, obviously, because Jason's watching his patter basically die right in front of his eyes. And he needed the help. And obviously we knew that Euro had the ability, not the ability, but he was doing illegal He's abortions. He's a few Omegas through that before. Yeah. And so, because what happens at the same time is that Val is going through his heat. It's exactly, and it's right an then and there. Heat. And then at the same time, Pat, Jason's patter is miscarrying. So the the two most like like two very important things in Jason's life are happening at the same time, and he has to make a choice of who am I going to be with. Exactly, and he chooses. Val in this case because his patter is like no go to the heat like obviously Val needs you because yeah. he can't survive this on his own essentially yeah and then Xan comes to the rescue and gives some of his blood we love Xan yeah was it the first meeting between Xan and Euro I believe it was I think so yeah and Xan so. helped Euro you know obviously save the patter mm-hmm. minor mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I, I liked it. I loved them. I loved their book. Oh, what about um, at the end? Not at the end, but like right before the heat. Um, so the whole thing was Val fell in love with Jason, but then he realized he wanted Jason to have you know every opportunity he could in his life. So he decides to um, decline the contract and not sign it. And like I felt like that was heartbreaking in itself because Jason was 100% certain like we just had sex. We're going to like it's just a formality at this point to sign the contract. And then he's like floored when Val was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing it. I can't." But a lot of like Val's um desire to not sign the contract came from himself and like how yes. his past made him feel like unclean. Like I had this one little snippet where he's like he wanted to feel washed clean by Jason's unconditional acceptance and love. He'd be safe and loved, obviously, if he chose Jason. But at the same time, he felt like he was unclean. He was dirty. He wasn't pure enough for Jason. I'm like, that was just mm-hmm. so heartbreaking, guys. Yeah, and clearly this kind of goes into who's the monster in the story. The, the, the monster, in part, comes from Val, like his own... His past past and and how yeah. he's not necessarily coping with it or how he his his view of himself his perception of himself is uh, like you know he undermines his own worth because of what happened to him um 
which is just terrible to read about. Like, poor guy. Like, I just... And, like, again, you understand why he feels that way because, you know, we've all had things happen to us that we think devalue us as human beings and make us think that we don't deserve love or that, you know, we don't deserve respect. Or mm-hmm. And there's just another quote that I had that further, you know, impl- implements what you just said. Um, last night, though, this is Val, um, his inner thoughts. Um, last night, though, he'd felt... He'd felt it in his bones. Jason was good, soul-deep good, and Val was ruined, and he couldn't let Jason's life be tainted by that. And it brings back to, yeah, the monster is his past, but if we go, like, dig deeper, it also could possibly be... He thinks he's the monster. He thinks he's the monster. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, Val really thinks that he would sabotage Jason and his purity and his goodness with his own past. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. Just I know. About and like Val, you're not you're not ruined. You're not. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You should put in the little ding 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 But I mean if we could also look at like the monster of the story also being the government. Because that oh, is yeah, like the suppression sure. of the omegas. Yeah. And like that suppression of omegas also pushed Val into a situation that ruined him and made him think that he was unworthy of love and affection of and of Jason. The, the, it's, it's not just the monster for Omegas, but literally everyone. That's what this book is showing you. It's like Zen is an alpha who's also suffering under under the, the government restrictions of this government. Yeah. Hero, his whole job or part of his job is, is doing illegal abortions yeah. because yeah. people are going to die and he won't let that happen he understands that th- these people need to like deserve to live if they don't want this pregnancy or it's going to kill them like i don't know like it's just you see how this awful government is affecting everyone exactly everyone. no and i agree with like how we see ourselves because like while val sees himself as ruined and sullied and all of this all of these words but jason is like no he's literally god's gift like he is like the wolf god's gift he is just val is his match in every single way and he just loves him so yeah, much because and you it, see weakness as opposed to resilience yeah. in yourself exactly exactly this whole story is about no like you are so resilient you went through so much shit and because of this not just because of this. Like, whether this would have happened to you or not, you would have deserved happiness. But, like, even more, not, like, not less, but more because you've gone through shit, you know? Do you guys have a quote? I have many. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I shared two. Um, but, no, it was just, like, I'm still caught up on the, the not signing the contract situation. So, uh that's that's a scene where like Val tells Jason like his past what happened to him the gang rape and all of that and Jason obviously rightly so is left like astonished and lost for words which you know I anyone would be at like whenever they find a situation would take advantage of someone who is in pain and exactly not capable of saying no of you know giving consent yeah, and so I just, like, this just this quote is more of, like, what happened, in, like, after that situation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and when Val leaves Jason. Okay, so just mm-hmm. listen. Um, this is the angst, you know, we're bringing the angst back. <laughs> Jason's vision swarmed with small black dots as Val stalked out of the room. Gulping air, Jason tried to breathe, but still the room spun. As the darkness got the better of him, he collapsed to sit on the floor. There he stayed, unable to fathom the stunning vacancy in his heart where so recently Joy had lived. And I'm like, stabbing me in the chest would hurt a lot less than this quote. Because like, yeah, Jason, he was blindsided by Val deciding to end their relationship before it even began. He's just such, he's just, Jason is such a baby. I know. We love a a baby man. And usually I don't, man. you know, I go for like the, like, what you think an alpha would be. Yeah. yeah. I usually go for that, you know, like the assertive, con- not controlling, but like possessive, intense men. Whereas Jason is an alpha, but he's not like the stereotypical alpha. A he's baby. a sweet, understanding, kind a baby boy. Alpha. Yes. And then at the same time, like, it's just, it's so not what I usually go for. Like you said, like, usually I'd go for it older like the older one being the alpha the younger one being the omega like that's the dynamic that i'm used to um and so it's just so surprising how much i loved it in this book and usually i'm not big on books that make such a big deal out of age because i just don't really believe in that but in this one it made sense you know like you you get why age is such a, a big issue for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, it, it's just not the dynamic I usually go for. And I freaking loved it, you mm-hmm. know? And, and because of that, like it really opened my eyes to like, well, maybe I should explore more of, more of these books that kind of take something that you're used to and then flip it around and give you something else. Like I'm thinking, I haven't read it yet, but I know, um, Alexis Hall has a book called, it's like a huge MM book for real. Okay. So Alexis Hall uh, is a MM writer who has a book called for real in that book, from my understanding anyway, it's older men, younger men, but, um, the older man is the submissive and then the younger guy is the one that oh. wants to become a dominant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, like, because of Slow Heat, I haven't read For Real yet, but because of Slow Heat and how much I liked the way the dynamics were switched, now I'm like, you know what? These books are so interesting. So yeah. interesting. I feel like as readers, we like to stay in our bubble and like to stay in our yeah. comfort zone. Especially as romance readers. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like it's so needed sometimes to get out of your comfort zone because it's this so was a book not in my usual comfort zone, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I remember when March first discovered Empreg, like she did a whole post about it, and she just <laughs> she like, dove <laughs> she dove deep into Empreg. I remember, like that was I was like, She's what like the I'm hell? doing the world a service, okay? <laughs> yeah, this, you yeah. need to know well, this. Literally, I think I said that in the post. I was like, listen, guys, <laughs> I know this is gonna sound weird, but I found this little thing called Empreg, and I think everyone should give it a try. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and pick this book up. I mean, I swear to God, do it. Like, you'll thank me later. Yeah. Like, you will. Because because I've read a lot of Empreg now, I can confirm that this this series 
what Letta Blake did here is very unique. You know, like, yeah. it's the the rest of Empreg is more of, like, at least of what I've read is more of what you would expect. However, I will say that it's pretty consistent, like, consistently across the board, the issue of Omegas not being seen as equals comes up times and times again. So I do think mm-hmm. that there is work that this, especially this series is doing a lot of work um, and, and, you know, opening up about a lot of things that you don't necessarily see in romance, like miscarriages. When the frick do you see that in romance? I can tell you, like, right off the bat, I've only seen it once, and that was in a Natasha Anders book, and it dealt with it in such a real and raw way. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's called The Ruthless Proposition. That one, honestly, broke my heart. I couldn't stop crying with that book. And that was the, I, that's literally the only book I've read that dealt with miscarriages. And that's kind of sad that it's only one book that I've read. And I'm a very avid romance reader. You all know that. So, yeah, I think it's a situation and a topic that, you know, isn't discussed, as you said. Uh-huh. And it should be. Like, I can, I can count on probably three fingers the number of books that I've read where miscarriages, abortion, or adoption were discussed, period. And it's like, this is a genre that's mainly for women and written by women. And so you would think that issues like this would be much more present. You know what I mean? Like you would think, because believe it or not, one out of four pregnancies end in miscarriage. One out of four. So considering this is a genre written by women, you you would really think that we would talk about this more, but we don't. And then it's such a subject that when it happens to you, you're lost because no one talks about it. I also could think maybe that the reason why we don't see it as often in books is that people use books as a form as like a form of escapism. Like people want to escape the real world and, you know, look at something that doesn't like reflect their own lives. But, so it could yes, be that as but well. we also read books to find ourselves in books. True. I think there's it goes two ways. I, I, sometimes it's to escape. Sometimes it's to find yourself and, and connect with someone that's like you. In the romance community, they expect a happily ever after. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's the whole point. It's like, say you have a heroine that has... A miscarriage at some point in the book and then you still give her a happy ever after to me that's saying there's better coming you know mm-hmm. like it will get better you still deserve joy you will still have joy this is not the end of your story your story doesn't end in sadness and just loss mm-hmm. you yeah. know what I mean like that to me is what if we saw more of those books, that to me is what those stories would be saying is would reflect that. You're yeah. you're going to find your bliss. You're going to find your jo- your your joy. Just hang in there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I get it. Like I just I don't know. I just wish it was I just wish we could say something like, Oh yeah, I read like ten, you know? <laughs> Instead of like I've read maybe one. I mean, there could be a lot of books out there that do discuss it. I just haven't like Mm-hmm. explored that side of romance or like fiction in general I mean how many romance books have you read I don't know a lot <laughs> I don't even I don't I can't even like tell you a number <laughs> see so like even if you weren't looking for it even if you weren't looking for it I feel like you could have found it if it had been there but I truly think it's not there mm. I, I really think because we all read very varied stuff we read all over the place we read all kinds of subgenres of yeah. romance so 
Agreed. We would have found it had it been there. But I truly think it's not really there. But I also think it could be a situation, like if we're talking about miscarriages in general, not just adoption or giving up your child. It could mm-hmm. be, like, something that's so hard to write about and, like, it just reaches emotions that, like, you know... But don't we talk difficult. about women's pain constantly in romance? We do. So then talk, like, think of the number of books that you've read where you saw on page or just mentioned a, that a woman was raped, that a woman was sexually harassed by a boss, by a co-worker. Like, we put it there on page constantly. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, can, I can't even count the number of books that where a woman was sexually ass- assaulted at some point in the book. So, like, yeah. I don't see how this is different. This is still about, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's just, like, the pain is already there, and we're still, we're already exploring it. Why are we not exploring this part of women's pain? Why are we silencing this part of it? Why are we keeping it such a taboo subject that we don't talk yeah. about, we don't want to see on pages? Like, I will say, I'm going back to Natasha Anders. Um, she's mm-hmm. the author of The Unwanted Wife and all of that. Um so her new book that just released, um, I think it's called The Best Next Thing. Um, anyway, so that one dealt with, like, yeah, it's, like, um, the girl was sexually assaulted and, like, abused and all that stuff. But it dealt with, like, the aftermath of it. So it wasn't just, like, a plot device. It was mm-hmm. how does she pick up her life after all of that. And, like, it's just, it was such a well-researched and well-thought-out, you know, book that, I felt like it looked at abuse in a different way than I'm used to. I'm so used to it, used to it being like a plot device and furthering like the relationship between the main couple. But this one was like the starting point of her oh, life, yeah. basically. Yeah, no, I, I think that a lot of romance, a lot of romance novels do that, like in the sense that they, like you said, like it's, it's about showing how, how do you evolve from this? Yeah. How do you keep on living? How do you keep on laughing? How do you find joy in life again? Exactly. And some, 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 and probably a lot of romance novels do that, do do that because as women, we want to give the joy back to women. You know what I mean? Like you want them to. So, but why not with things like miscarriages? You know, why not with things like abortions? Why not with, you know, like I can think of one book where the, the character gets pregnant and gives the child up for adoption and it's A Different Blue by Amy Harmon. Mm. Yeah. And it was dealt with beautifully in yeah. that book. You understood why she had to do it. You understood that she was so young. She had no money, no place to live. Yeah. No, like she, she had no way of raising this child. And it's the whole story is about how you cope with that. And especially mm-hmm. because she still has somewhat of a relationship with this child. And now it's learning how to not see it as your own. And that's heartbreaking and devastating, but it's like, how, how would I not like, I just, that was the first book wherever I ever saw that, that subject being discussed. And I, it really opened my eyes because before then I was like, I don't really understand why, like, I was never against adoption, obviously, but mm-hmm. I was, I, I was never put in the mind of someone who had to do it. So I, yeah. I was, I was just like, oh, I, I mean, do it, but like, I don't really understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas this book really made me see why. This is why it's important. And it's like, if someone going through some something similar or someone has had to give up a child for adoption and they're struggling in, you know, 
this process, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, guys, but. No, I, I get what you mean. Write more of it. No, yeah. just like, yeah, real issues that they need to be highlighted in books. I agree. Do you guys get the, I call them the angst butterflies. Yeah. In your stomach, like, you get the angst butterflies when things get really angsty. I get it, on, like, oh I get it right here on my chest. Like, oh, really? my chest fucking hurts. Yeah. I call it the phantom heart aches and yeah. yeah. That's what I call it because, like, I literally feel my chest contract. You really do. Yeah. When you get that feeling, I swear to God, the book could be a three stars, but if you give me that feeling yeah. at some point in it, you jump one star, yeah. like, right away. You're, you yes. get one more star. Like, I just, I love that feeling. Yeah. Me it's too. like, you know you're really into the story and you're really attached to the characters. And when it hurts. You just do something, you're like, oh, hurts yeah, so it hurts so yeah. good. <laughs> More oh, we sound like masochists. Yeah. We, we just love the pain. You know. We love it. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Anyways, um, back to slow heat. That was like a way off turn, but it was like... It was in turn about slow heat in the sense where it talked about real issues and like yeah. we'd like to see more real issues, which this book delved into quite yeah. well. Yes. So do you guys have any other quotes? All right. So mine is, as Jason clung to him, Bell licked his lips suddenly sure and whispered the rest of the Omega sacred words. We are Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Jason lifted up, Jason lifted up to gaze down at Bell earnestly um sealing the vowel with the alpha's response we are alpha and omega the everything i think my my lines were a little bit after that so it was um yes val admitted his fingers digging into jason's forearms but you deserve the best jason you deserve better better than and then uh jason replies we're aeroscape you are my best that, that was just, that's all I needed to share because I just like, I think ours tie in together us and in the sense where like, I feel like that was them verbally finally like, you know, agreeing to what they have and like recognizing what they have. And how precious that is. Mm -hmm. Not everyone finds an Eroscape. Like most contracts are just between an Alpha and Omega that are not like bonded or should be bonded. Like this is faded. You yeah. know what I mean? So exactly. I think it's them also just agreeing to how precious that is. Yeah. All right. We also didn't answer uh, our last two questions, but I feel like they're kind of... Um, I mean, could we live in this world? We couldn't. We, we're women. We're, we <laughs> wouldn't. about it. Yeah, I would. We'd <laughs> we be dead. literally would not exist. No. We would be dead. <laughs> yeah. we'd, be, we'd be female cats, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cat. Yeah. I, I have a question then, since we can't live in that world as females. Yeah. So yeah. if we were to live in that world as males, what would you guys, what do you guys think would, you guys would be alpha, omega, or beta, or beta? Well, in the omega verse in general, I think I'd rather be an omega. Yeah. Same. An omega. Because, you know, I, I you cannot <laughs> not want to feel that not. Listen, just nurture me, yeah. take care of me. Yeah. When I go through a heat, like, that's a lot of fun. See, I love the difference, Marge. You're talking about, like, the care. I'm talking about the not. The not. I mean, what do you think? What Saying nurture me, take care of me is just a more fancy way of saying not me. Yes, Give me the not? Please, daddy, fuck me through a heat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, can we also talk about the knot, though? Because we can't not not talk about knotting. Okay, so here's here's in part why, like, how this whole podcast came to be. And it's because we couldn't stop talking about this book because Seth um, found out how knots, like, how this concept came to All be. All right, I'm ready. <clears throat> okay, so... During, you know, a late night, I decided, how did this whole Omegaverse and the idea of knotting, knotting is when um, the Omega is going through their heat. Um, it produces a lot of um, pheromones and... So the, the, the uterus... Uh, it's um, like... Descends. So the Omega's <laughs> uterus, yeah, <laughs> comes down, but also <laughs> the Alpha has the ability to not in the sense where don't they get um, bigger they do okay hold on let me explain this <laughs> so because the uterus of the omega drops, biology 101 with <laughs> Seth. <laughs> i wish you could see my hand gestures right now but anyways so the omega's uh uterus their womb drops you know they're ready to be fertilized mm. um they're ready to have that baby so the alpha, because of the, the heat and all the pharaohs around them as they're, you know, in the throes of sex, um, their penis can um, form a knot, what is known as like, um, it just basically swells up. It gets bigger to the yeah. point where like they get into the womb, but aren't to let out yeah. because the knot is restricting them from getting mm. out. Of the, uh, and the I thought, I thought that that was just something that was invented. However, However <laughs> during my late night researching, because I was curious as to know what it is, um, I found out that the whole idea of nodding derived from dogs and their penis and how they have sex. So the dog, the male dog, is able to produce a knot very similar to that of an of uh, alpha. Just know that in nature, there is a lot of weird penises. Just in case you didn't know, a duck stick is like a corkscrew. It's yeah. it's like yeah. a twirly thing. It's I. Why do I know these things? I don't want to know these things. <laughs> Have you seen a whale's penis? Yes, a whale stick is like a mile fucking long. Like, and it looks like fuck? a tongue. <laughs> Anyways, we're we're, we're, hey, we're going into like National Geographic's at this point. Okay, and I feel like we've scarred our listeners <sighs> to the point where they. I never mean, want I scar to you scarred me. You scarred me. So I feel like it's only fair that everyone is scarred too. Because but I, th I, I thought it was really an interesting fact. Of course, it scarred well, me, but I don't have a dog. I haven't read Empreg since you told me that, so I don't know if, like, subconsciously this really scarred me to the point where I'm I'm not sure I can go back to it. <laughs> so wait, so wait, I have a question. You've read M, F, Omega verse books, right? M. Oh, I have. Um, oh, you have? Yeah. Where it's the female and the in the male. Is there nodding there too? Oh yeah, they're nodding. Yeah, um, I read one series. I forgot what it was called, but um. Yeah, she was uh, an omega, and he was the alpha, and uh, she has, like, you know, the regular reprodu reproductive system. Like, nothing was genetically altered or anything, and obviously, he's the alpha. Anyways, yeah, the nodding 
sounded so painful. Oh god. god. Like so painful. Like I like I was scarred, but also at the same time I was kind of intrigued because mm. also keep in mind this was after me reading the dog nodding. But I was just like, how is this happening? Like how like it just sounded like he was ripping her apart on his knot. It's fascinating though how every book you read with nodding, they do it differently. It's it's not there's not like a across the board like a way that everyone's like here's how nodding works like in some books it's like as long as they're inside it's like they're constantly coming just constantly coming and then in other times it's like oh like it's after the fact so like they're just stuck together and it just makes for really awkward funny moments because it's like well I can't get out I'm sorry yeah (laughs) like I'm just gonna have to stay here a while they really can't and it sounds painful but I have a question like, about, like, the anatomy of it. But wait, wait. Just to answer your question, S, because not all... I've read Omega Verse that doesn't have nodding. Oh! So it's not all... Oh, okay, okay. okay. Well, I mean, any werewolf book where there's oh, omegas, betas, alphas, it's not necessarily nodding. So, it's just... just. But that, what's your question? Sorry. Mine is more of, like... We don't even need to include this in the podcast. But um, it was just... The anatomy of it. Like, where on the penis is the knot? Is it at the base? The top. At, oh, or is it at, like, the head? It's at the base. I think it's the base. It's the base. At least in this book, it is. They mention it in this one, where his base expands. But again, that's that's the kind of thing that changes from one book to another. So, but in because, this book, you're right. It was the base. So, it was the base. So, like, the one closest to, like, their, like, yeah, their um, abdomen. Okay. But in some cases, I've seen it where it was the, the tip. The tip. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I have a question for the expert here on uh, dog anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> on the dog. Is it... I don't... Why do I want to know this? I don't want to know this, but I'll ask anyway. Is it... <laughs> is it the tip or the base? I actually don't know. Let's research. I think, no. I think it's the base as well. Because I think it's the base. I think it's common knowledge that it's the base. It's the base. Because they get stuck when it's a female dog and a male dog. They get stuck for a while. And I think it's the base. Yeah. Okay, okay. Are you ready? I found the answer for dogs. Okay. Male canines have a locking bulbous glandus, a spherical area of erectile <laughs> tissue at the base of the penis during copulation and only after the male's penis is fully <laughs> inside <laughs> the female <laughs> vagina, the bulbous glandus becomes engorged. When the vagina subsequently contrasts, contracts, the penis becomes locked inside the female. So that the base of their um, thingling. Please, please delete your search history right now. <laughs> <laughs> or you might have some really awkward questions to answer later on. I just I just want to know like what your FBI person is thinking right now (laughs) looking at what you look through the hell she's searching Steph is researching dog penises and my question literally into Google was like um do dogs not and then it just it fully gave me the uh, description that I needed the answer yeah because a lot of people want to know like it just comes right up it's a very uh, commonly asked question yeah Anyways, so just it's um fun fact. I mean, the more you know. (laughs) 
I feel like we should just end this pod, this episode at this point because I don't know how we top dogs nodding. <laughs> I, that one I didn't even mean. Does anyone have any closing remarks on um, slow heat? Read this book, people. Yes. Read yes. this book. Just, just read this book, read guys. Like I, I know it sounds wild, and it is. It is. It's outrageous, wild. You know, you, 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 you don't want to believe in it. And yet, and yet, you'll get great angst and great characters and a great love story and, and just so much heart. Just read it. But also, I know the idea of, you know, what we just talked about might scar you for life and you might never ever want to pick up a book that yeah. deals with nodding. Just forget what we said and just read it. Also, the audiobook is really good. Oh, it is? I listened to the audiobook um, this second time around. And okay, good. that's good because I didn't even think of, you know, picking up the audiobook. All right. Well, <laughs> on this note, if we haven't scarred you um, too much, please come back next week for uh, the next episode, which will be on the next Immortals After Dark book, which is No Rest for the Wicked. Um, Not to fear, there are no knots in that book yeah. no knots but some angst some angst so the angst is staying forever yes <laughs> um yeah thanks for listening you can find us on twitter at the rtm pod or on instagram at romance in the monsters podcast or you can email us at romance in the monsters podcast at gmail.com you can find me at foes and lovers on both twitter and instagram and you can find me as at but this book on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me, Seth, on both Twitter and Instagram at Pros with Woes. And there you go. We hope um, you enjoyed this week's podcast episode. And we we'll hope you had a laugh. <laughs> uh, Anyways. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. That was a terrible goodbye. I've yeah. never said goodbye more awkwardly in my life. <laughs>